0: Take your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 6, such an honor to be with you and I thank you and I thank you Pastor Jim and Christy for hosting me and uh, we're going to be, we're going to come back, is that okay, can we come back? I should ask, can Cindy come back, you'd rather have that, probably that to happen, We, we did about 45, 46 meetings last year full-time for uh, Dan Bohai Ministries Association. And uh, this year, we're uh, pushing around right around 40 meetings. And i got a full schedule. i got to go, go get her. And then we're coming back to Oklahoma, actually. We'll be in Oklahoma City next week. And, uh, and then we'll be three months tour before we get home for a couple of days. But uh, full schedule. As you think of us, pray for us. And... Um, but uh, Luke chapter 6, and I want to read something to you. This is from, a, this is from a, an 18th century poet named Samuel Johnson. And here's the conviction that I have. As we travel all over the nation, here's what we discover. Scores of people in churches, Jesus is in their heart, the enemy is in their head. I want to tell you something. If you can change the way you think, you'll change the way you live. Most believers lose the battle in their mind because they don't think from a kingdom perspective. They they don't they don't their disposition has not been shifted to think from a kingdom mindset. What was Jesus' first message? Matthew 4:17 was repent. You know what the word repent means? Change your mind. I mean you can come to the altar and cry, but never change your mind. The mind has to shift from an earthly focus to a kingdom focus. There has to be a shifting in the way you think, and you have to view all of life from a kingdom perspective. Now that's a tall order, but Jesus can help us. And that was His message. Change your mind. The kingdom's here. Change your mind. Think from a kingdom perspective. I want to talk to you this morning about a sanctified disposition. A sanctified disposition. Thinking from a kingdom perspective, it has to happen. Or there's no victory. See, there will only be a little bit of emotion for a few weeks and then it dies back down, then it's life as usual. And that's why scores of people are are overrun by fear and oppression and and anxiety and and, and tension and stress and they're wigged out and he said that and she's doing this, my employer's doing that. Like, wow. Well, there's a way to live in victory. And prevail through challenges. Change your mind. I'm not talking about changing your heart because I would say the vast majority here, Jesus is in your heart. But we want to we want to sanctify disposition, right? Now, so 18th century poet Samuel Johnson said this. Listen to this. He said, He who has so little knowledge of human nature as to seek happiness by changing anything but his own disposition will waste his life in fruitless efforts and multiply the grief which he purposes to remove. <laughs> See, what he's saying is, is everyone wants to, ch- I, I get a new job, then I'll be happy. I, I, I get a, I, more money, I'll be happy. I, I, I move locations, I'll be happy. I get a, get a new spouse, I'll be happy. Listen, you'll be happy when you change your disposition. Has nothing to do with external circumstances. Has everything to do with you thinking from a kingdom perspective. Amen. Amen. It's true, it really is. Amen. So sanctified disposition. So Luke, Luke chapter six, and um, so like in verse twelve, Jesus chose. He was up all night choosing out of his disciples twelve guys, and then. Comes down to verse 17, Jesus came down with them. So he came down with the 12 that he had chosen, and he stood on a level place, and there was a large crowd of his disciples. And now check this out and a great throng of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. What a statement. And then it goes on, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were being cured. How many of you believe that those with unclean spirits can be cured by the power of Jesus? It's not normal for people to be oppressed by the enemy. It's not normal for people to be waylaid by darkness. It's not normal for people to live with with a strangled hold of strongholds. Listen, you can be free. We sang about it today. Jesus can set us free, man. Amen. And then I love this. Check this out. And all, verse 19, and all. So here's this throng of people, all these people that... That had come from all over Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon. I mean, just we're talking just throngs. The word throngs just is a massive amount of people pressing and pushing and squeezing. And they're all coming around. And verse, look at this. Verse 19 says, And all the people were trying to touch him. Oh, I love that. The word touch... Is the word that means to ignite something. It could be translated to ignite a fire. So check this out. All the people are trying to touch him so they could ignite their fire. Well, I thought you'd be more impressed with that. Come on, man. Isn't that awesome? I mean, would, wouldn't you like to live so close to Jesus that your fire is contagious and people want to get next to you so they could ignite their own fire? Whoo! Come on, man. He baptizes us with Holy Spirit and fire, Luke 3.16, man. I think we get Holy Spirit, we get fire. And I think we can ignite fires wherever we go. Isn't that awesome? So they're wanting to touch him because because they want to be ignited by what what he's carrying, man. They want to be ignited by the fire. And then it says this, For power. (laughs) Check this out. Power was coming from him. Just literally emanating from him. Just like, whew, power. The word power, of course, is dunamis. It's this explosive, this anointing, this, this transformational power. It was literally coming from him and healing them all. I and mean, he's just got next to Jesus, and there's this power coming off of him, and they're getting touched, they're getting healed, they're getting delivered, they're getting set free, and he's just standing there, and power's coming off of him. Gang, come on, man. What would it be like if you recognize what you carry the next time you go to Walmart? Don't you understand the moment you step across a threshold? You carry a greater level of anointing than the bondage that's on people. And you can walk into places and release what you carry. And people can be touched. I want more. Don't you... Come on, I want more. I was crying out last night. I want more. 3.30 in the morning, Jesus had me up and I was like, oh God, I want more. I want this church to have more. What we talked about, man, I want, I want an increase, man. Not for my sake, but so I can give it away, man. I want to walk into places and what I carry just gets on. I want to be contagious. Come on, Right? I'm going to be in an airplane in a couple of hours. I'm going to be in a tin can, 25,000, 30,000 feet in the air. People can't get away from me. I want the power to get all over them. I love that. Come on, it's in Scripture. Remember Peter in Acts 5.15? Like he's just walking down the street and they couldn't get people to pastor Pete. And so they came up with an idea. Hey, How about let's just put people on cots and bring them up next to him so his shadow might fall on them. Isn't that awesome? I looked up shadow. I'm a word nerd. You know what the word shadow means? Shadow. (laughs) It's the word fall that is significant. It's the same word used in Luke 1, verse 35, when Mary's standing before the Lord. How am I going to get pregnant? I'm a virgin. Well, the Lord says, I'm going to, the Spirit of the Lord God is going to overshadow, fall on you. It's this verb that means to move on such a way that it stirs up life. And that's how she became pregnant. Peter was carrying something that would literally fall on people and stir up life in them. <laughs> is that awesome? So <laughs> you, you can just be walking down the street, man, and what's on you just falls on people and moves on them, and they receive life. Come on, it happened with Charles G. Finney. He walked in a factory in Utica, New York. All he was doing was inviting the the owner of the cotton factory to a meeting that he was preaching. He just walked in to invite the guy. And when he walked in, people looked upon Finney, but they saw the presence of, of God emanating off of him. And they began to kneel down at their machines and they shut the factory down because repentance broke out. Because one dude walked in carrying the presence of God. Don't you want more of that? Come on, man, I'm not talking hocus-pocus, weird kind of stuff. I'm talking about carrying the presence of Jesus and releasing the anointing of the Spirit wherever we walk. Come on, guys, you want that? Imagine Tulsa being blasted by a group of people like you who love God and release the presence wherever you walk. It'll change the context of where you go, man. Listen, McDonald's will be different tomorrow morning. Seriously. You have to think you carry that Jesus stood on a level place and people just they were getting touched they were getting healed they were getting delivered Look what he does Now there's no there's no time sequence between verse 19 and 20 It just rolls. You see what I'm saying? It just rolls. And so verse 20 begins with Jesus now turning his gaze to his disciples. Now look, now comes a teaching point. This is the inauguration of these boys traveling with him. This is a teaching moment. Power's coming off of him. People are getting touched, healed, and delivered. Now he turns his gaze to the 12 that he just chose, and he wants to teach them. Here comes a teaching moment. Man, if I had been there, I would have had my notebook out. I would have had my pen. You know what he's going to teach about? power releasing oh man this is going to be good top of my heading would be power releasing through shadow power releasing through just walking in the crowd i would have had my pen ready man he turns his gaze he starts teaching phenomenal here we go get ready he turns his gaze to his disciples and he begins to say here it is he's going to talk about emanating power He begins by saying blessed. Now the word blessed means to be in a right position to receive favor from God. I suppose if you're going to release power, you need to be in a right position with Him to release that power. Right? We need to be in alignment with Him. Not yourself, not somebody else. You need to be in alignment with Him if you're going to release what He carries. Here He goes. Are you ready? Blessed, oh, it's going to be good. Blessed are you. Now, look at these words. I'll just spell them out for you. Number one, poor, verse 20. Blessed are you, ready, hungry, verse 21. Weep, verse 21. Verse 22, hated, ostracized, insulted, and scorned. (laughs) I don't see anybody running the aisle. What? I thought he's talking about power Oh he is He's talking about releasing power He's talking about being in a right position With him to receive that favor from God How are you in a right position To receive favor from God Well you're poor You're hungry You're weeping You're hated You're ostracized You're insulted And you're scorned I thought we were talking about releasing But oh, we are You see, those types of things, not just those, but those types of adversities have the capacity to put you in a position where you can receive favor from God so long as you understand that that is a blessed position, which takes a sanctified disposition, Blessed are you. When you're poor, when you're hungry, when you weep, when you're hated, when you're ostracized, when you're insulted, and when you're scorned. Fact of the matter is, the fact that you carry the message of Jesus into a world that is darkened by sin and and oppressed by the work of darkness, you're probably from time to time going to be hated and ostracized and insulted and scorned. That may happen with people you work with. We We don't relish that, but that may happen. Maybe even within your own family. Look what Jesus says. Ready? Verse 23. Be glad. (laughs) Isn't that hilarious? Don't you love Jesus? (laughs) I mean, you're hungry, you're weeping, you're ostracized, you're insulted, you're scorned. And he says, be glad. Why? Because you're in a right position to receive favor from God. And when you're in a right position to receive favor from God, you can release power. Now, the word glad has nothing to do with emotion. See, this isn't feel glad. This is be glad. Difference. Because this is not feeling. Feelings, you know, people, the emotions, they're up, they're down. They're in, they're out. They're fired up, they're fizzled out. Right? Come on, we know that. That's, that's the wave of emotions. There's people, man, I'm going to charge hell with a water pistol. Six months later, oh, I just feel so bad. It's like, what what happened between water pistol and now, right? Come on, you read Facebook with the glum face. I just feel so bad today. What happened? We're not talking emotions. Jesus says, be glad. He didn't say feel glad. The word glad comes from a word that's akin to the word grace. So it's literally declaring what you're going through as an opportunity to be blessed by God. It's a declaration. See, it's it's a grace response. It's grace kicking in and dictating to the emotions. See, it's not cutting off from the emotions. It's allowing grace to dictate the emotions. The this situation may feel oppressive, but you're declaring through grace, I'm in a position where He's going to bless me. Does that make sense? I thought we were talking about releasing power. Oh, we are. You'll never release the kind of an anointing you need to if, when you're in the middle of a conflict, you get your thumb in your mouth and you start saying, "This isn't fair. Oh, I don't know why they said that to me, and and and, and I, I shouldn't have to put up with that." And 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 they said, and 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 she's. Where do you learn that kind of stuff? See, we've been homeschooled in the wrong home. That kind of nonsense was taught to us by our earthly father, Adam. We don't have the nature of Adam anymore. We have a new nature. Jesus Christ, we have royal blood running through our veins, man. Listen, we have a new father, a new lineage. So we don't respond, see, right? So that means in the church we would never get offended. I'm not laughing. Right? Do do you know what a love is actually translated as? Unoffendable. Can't be offended. Some of you are like, I don't know about that. I'm telling you the truth. Come on, right? Did you ever see Jesus offended? Did you see Jesus going to the Golgotha? He's got the cross on his back and all of a sudden he throws the cross down. And he says, Barabbas, you rascals want him when I clothed you, I fed you, I healed you, I raised life and, and you want Barabbas? No, He wouldn't ever do anything like that. Why would we? I thought we were talking about releasing power. Man, I like that power thing. Well, we are. And Jesus says you're in a right position, you see, when you're poor, when you're hungry, when you're weeping, when you're hated, when you're ostracized, insulted, and scorned. Be glad in that day. Leap for joy. Behold, your reward in heaven is great. <laughs> oh. He takes it a step further. Look at verse 21. Oh, wow. But I say to you who hear. Why does he say that? You who hear. Because now everyone's going to listen. But I say to you who hear. Are you ready? Look at this. I say to you who hear. Love your enemies. (laughs) Are you guys getting this? Is this just in my Bible or is this in yours too? Is it? All right. Love your enemies. Look at this. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Not blast. Bless. Look at this. Pray for those who mistreat you. You guys want to be a prayer culture? Pray for those who mistreat you. Pray for them. We've pastored for about 30 years. No more. We're on the road full time now. But, you know, I... When you pastor, your picture's not in everyone's wallet. In fact, when you do what we're doing, your picture's not in everybody's wallet. But anyway. And there were seasons where people would say things, do things. They would leave our church even. You know, people leave churches. Sometimes they leave because they're called. Other times they leave and nobody knows. Not even God doesn't know why they left. But anyway. and, And it's just, it's wild. It's just... You know, they didn't get to do something. They didn't get to sing. They didn't get to teach the class. Someone moved the chairs in their Sunday school room and they got ticked. And I mean, it's just, you know, whatever. I, I just, I've seen it all. Someone left our church because they didn't like our curtains. That's a good one. Anyway, and and so we actually would practice praying for them. We would. We would take communion. We'd hold the body and the blood and we'd say, God, this was spilled for and we would pray for them by name. So, Father, we bless their marriage. We bless their coming and their going. We bless their children. We pray, Father, that their children's children will be anointed. We pray that their ministries will be will be prosperous. We, we pray that, God, they're, they will be in health and, and, and that, Lord, financially they'll exceed and excel, Father. And we would pray for them just like that, sometimes for weeks, until we no longer felt the sting of what they did. Are you guys with me on this? You hear what I'm saying? It's what he's talking about. But I thought we were talking about releasing power. Oh, oh, we are. I'm talking about being in a right position to receive favor from God. But see, you won't rejoice if you don't have a disposition that thinks from a kingdom perspective. You'll get mad if you think from an earthly perspective. You'll think you have rights. You'll think, well, hey, I'm entitled. And 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 see, you'll wanna vindicate and you'll want you that ain't fair. They can't say that about me and get by with it. Last year I was in a hotel. I, I had finished a meeting in, in Pennsylvania. I had driven about I, about five hours and I got to the hotel. I was gonna go in, shower, and go that evening to to a service. So I only had like about an hour and a half to get Showered and get ready for the service. So I get there. Um, hello? Um, Rob McCorkle. And there was a problem. It took 25 minutes. I went over and sat down and drank some coffee. What do you want to do? Yeah. Right? It's not my time, it's his time. Now my demeanor could have been, I'm I'm Dr. Rob. No, I sat down, drank coffee, relaxed. No big deal. I'll put some extra clone on and just go like this. (laughs) Finally, showers out, right? Finally I get up to the counter. Oh, we kind of got we got it all figured out. And then she says, thank you for being so patient. By the way, what brings you here? Now, if I'd acted like a jerk, what would have I said? I sell shoes. (laughs) How many opportunities have been blown because you act from an earthly nature? And you don't want to in your heart, it's just... You allowed emotions rather than grace to prevail and so you get upset. You don't like being like that. But then you see, and now it's too late because if I'd acted like a jerk, it was over. And I told her, I said, I'm here because I, I tell people about Jesus. She's an agnostic. She goes, I don't believe in Jesus. I guess it doesn't matter. He believes in you. <laughs> By the third day, man, I, pr- I remember I prayed with her. And that impartation thing, I said, honey, her name was Stephanie, so let me pray with you. I said, Holy Spirit, just come. And and I'm just looking at her, because she didn't know to close her eyes. So I'm just looking at her, she's looking at me. I go, Holy Spirit, come. Reveal yourself. And she goes, whoa. I go, that wasn't me, that was him. I said, he's after you. Isn't that awesome? He's crazy. He's crazy. Drop down to verse 31, then we'll leave this chapter. Look at verse 31. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. So now watch this. Write this down. Become the person they are not, so they can become the person you are. Become the person they are not, so they can become the person you are. See, don't treat them the way they treat you. Treat them the way Christ... Has treated you. you see what I'm saying? It's just it's a kingdom perspective, it's a disposition. And this releases power. See? All right. Go go to go to Philippians chapter one. Philippians chapter one. Philippians chapter one. And and, and look at this. Look at look at verse 12. Philippians 1 verse 12. Philippians 1 verse 12, now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances, stop right there, my circumstances, well the circumstances were not real good, so this actually began all the way back in Acts where Paul appealed to Caesar because he was like two years trying to get a fair trial as a... Roman citizen, and it never happened. And so, so he says, I want to appeal to Caesar. And so, finally, he gets to Rome. And when he gets to Rome, now he's in prison. This is like a house arrest. This is like his first imprisonment. And in this imprisonment, here is roughly two years. Some say a little longer, but let's just say two years. Two two years now in prison. Maybe three. Between two and three years. Now he's in prison. So he's already waited two years, didn't get the trial, gets to Rome. Now he's in prison. And and the house arrest sounds like he was in a hotel. It wasn't that. It it was not a nice place where he was. But but where he was in Rome, in this type of a prison, he had to be guarded by what was called Praetorian guards. Now, this was developed long before this time, but the the Caesars developed what they called Praetorians. Praetorians could have been eight, could have been nine, could have been twelve, I've read different numbers. Could have been very high. I read like high numbers into the 40s. The point is, is that the Caesar, prior to this ever happening, like back in Tiberias, developed these Praetorians, and they were like the ones who would guard the emperor. Like, do you ever see Star Wars and the guys in the red? Bad illustration. Anyway, so <laughs> these were the dudes that guarded the emperor, the Praetorian. They were they were trained they were militant that, that they were strong that they just they, they just didn't mess with them when a criminal came into rome a praetorian from caesar's household would literally be chained to a prisoner and this would be day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out, 24 and 7. And they would rotate Praetorian guards who would be chained to that prisoner to keep an eye on him, to guard him. And, and, and so here's Paul's situation for two to three years in this type of a, a, a prison with a Praetorian guard chained to him day in and day out. That's his circumstances. Oh, and to add to it, while he's in prison, you've got some some Judaizers. They were the ones that, that, that didn't refute Jesus Christ, but then they added things to it. They, they they basically said, well, it's not Jesus only, but it's Jesus plus. And they, they would try to strap on to all these legalities to people, if you're really going to be a follower of this Christ, then you're going to have to follow the traditions of Moses. You're going to have to be circumcised, and you're going to have to do this and do this. And so it was all this legalism that they were strapping on to people trying to follow Christ, and they they were denigrating Paul's ministry. See, here's Paul in prison. He can't preach. And so now they're going out and saying, listen, Paul was wrong. And they're denigrating his ministry. And we find that in verses 15, 16, and 17. And Paul says there are some preaching Christ. They're doing it with right motives. But then there are those doing it with selfish motives, verse 17, rather than pure motives. Look at this. Thinking to cause me distress while I'm in prison. So I can't do anything about it. I can't, I can't defend my own reputation. I can't speak up for myself. I'm in prison. And these guys are running around denigrating and, and, and refuting everything that I've taught and denigrating my name. They, they, they're, they're causing distress. And the word distress refers to anguish. They're trying to create anguish in my soul. This is Paul, his circumstances. Are you ready? Watch this. Look what he says. Verse 18. What then? (laughs) Isn't that awesome? Loose translation. Who gives a rip? Seriously, what then? Like, who cares? Are you ready? Watch this. Only that in every way, rather in pretense or in truth, Christ is being proclaimed and in this I will and there's the same word Jesus used rejoice not I'm going to feel good no I'm going to rejoice grace is going to kick in and I'm going to declare this is a moment to celebrate him Amen. <laughs> and it's as if his readers didn't like get it the first time so he says again yes I will rejoice okay real quick Now I want you to know, brethren, verse 12, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole praetorian guard and to everyone else. So I want to show you something. Go to chapter 4. We're going to wrap up. Look at chapter 4. Look at chapter 4, verse 22. Philippians 4, verse 22. So when Paul is writing his salutations... Look what he says in verse 22. Chapter 4, verse 22. All the saints greet you. What is a saint? A saint is a righteous one. A saint is one that carries the glory of God. A saint's not something you put on your dash and drive around town. You're the saints if Jesus is in you. You radiate the glory of God. That's a saint. Agios, one who is sanctified, consecrated, set apart. We're saints, not sinners. In Christ, we're saints. He says all the saints, all the ones who are radiant greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. What? Especially those of Caesar's household? Scholars believe that the emperor this time, called Caesar, was actually Nero, who hated believers, but yet right under his nostrils, they're saints. How did those saints get there? Oh, wait a minute. Because there was a dude in circumstances that didn't complain that this isn't fair. I got my rights. No, he was chained to a Praetorian guard all day and all night. What do you think he did? He told that guard about Jesus Christ every single day talking about Christ. Every single day he told him about Christ. Every single day he told him about Christ. These Praetorians went back into Caesar's household and began to say, man, there's this dude in, in prison for Christ. And pretty soon the gospel began to spread Right under the nostrils of an emperor. That's how saints got in there. Because one dude rejoiced in his circumstances and he didn't whine and complain. He was blessed and the power was released through him. Come on, man. I don't know what circumstances you're going to be in in 2020. I don't know. I wish you didn't have People who scorn you, insult you. I wish you didn't, I, I, I wish we could just like skate through all of that stuff. Not possible. Come on, man, you know that. But yet he overcome. We can overcome. And you can prevail in your battle with the right perspective. You can choose to say, you know what? This is a circumstance that, you know, I am mom. Um, I'm going to rejoice in. I'm not going to get sour, upset, ticked, offended, mad. Come on, man. And that puts you in a position to be blessed. Power can be released. Let me wrap up with this. Go to Colossians. We'll end here. Colossians chapter 3. Ah, I love this. Colossians chapter 3. Look at verse 1. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, are you ready? Keep seeking. Keep seeking. Keep seeking the things above. Come on, keep seeking. Come on, tell your neighbor, keep seeking. Come on, tell him, keep seeking. Keep seeking what? Those things above. It's, it's kind of like this. You've got to just keep your focus on things above. And then he says this. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Remember, you've been raised up and seated with Him in heavenly realms, Ephesians 2.6. So you keep seeking those things that are above. Verse 2 says, Set your mind on things above. Set your mind. Just keep setting your mind on things above. See, from a kingdom perspective, doesn't mean you're not going to go through challenging circumstances. But you're going to have a different perspective. It's kind of like the guy, how you doing? Well, he said, I'm fine under the circumstances. What are you doing under them? Come on, man. You have no idea what we've been through in the last decade or so. But see, that's not my story. He's my story. I don't need to tell you about all that stuff. I want to tell you about him. It doesn't matter what I've been through. I'm telling you who's going through me. Him. His presence. You see what I'm saying? That's my story. Set your mind on things above. Not on the things that are on earth. I want us to have a sanctified disposition, man. I I want us to think from a kingdom perspective. I don't want fear. Why, Why do people have fear? Because you're looking at things from an earthly realm. Yeah, but... Well, see, that there's no yeah buts in the kingdom. Amen. Come on, man. Amen. Wouldn't it be something if in 2020, 20, all of us here get delivered from yeah buts? <laughs> I went to church and got... I got rid of my yeah but. <laughs> Seriously. Amen. Don't come up to me and say, Well, come on, brother. I've had people do that. They say, well, brother, you know. I mean, I know what? I know him. A sanctified disposition. And we choose to say, I'm going to rejoice in this. I'm going to dictate through grace to my emotions how I'm going to respond in this. See, it's a dispositional response, not an emotional response. And I choose in Christ how I'm going to respond, which aligns me to receive favor from God, which allows power to flow out of my life. Amen. I want to pray for you. How many, how many want that in 2020? Come on. How many want that? Come on, seriously. How many want to think from a kingdom perspective? Come on up here and stand across the front. Come on. I want to pray for you. I want to, I want to pray our minds are sanctified. Is that okay? And we're going to do an all-in-one invitation because I was thinking when, when, when I was up this morning at 3.30 this morning, I want people to be touched. I want people to be healed. I want people to be delivered. I, want, I just want kind of like a, a, like a one for all because the airplane ain't going to wait on me. And that's okay. But Holy Spirit will wait on you. This is beautiful. Come on, man. This is absolutely beautiful. So I, I don't I don't want my mind to be riddled with all that stuff. I, I don't I don't want my mind to be trapped. I, I don't I don't want to be oppressed. I, I don't want fear and anxiety to strangle me. I, I don't I don't want to be angry and upset and vindictive. Some of you are in difficult situations. Some you know what? Listen, seriously, some of you are in family situations that you wish your family would change. Come on, I know. Jesus told me. But I'm going to tell you something. Your family may not change, but you can change. Amen. And I and I will tell you this. If you change, there's a greater likelihood that they'll change. Because they'll become what you are. Yeah? Some of you were up against some... Some of you need a new job. You really do. Things aren't making it financially. and And, and Papa knows that. He'll take care of that, see, as you seek Him, as you trust Him. You don't have to live in anxiety. You know what the word anxiety actually means? To strangle. You don't have to be strangled by anxiety. Come on, man, that's no way to live. Amen, Amen. Yeah, but I've been in this situation for a long time, Rob. I understand. But Jesus, He can enable you to endure. No, He can enable you to prevail. Come on, man. He really can. He really can. Some of you, you have, you have like body symptoms because of what you're carrying. And we're going to pray today. Now listen to me. I'm just telling you. Some of you are going to leave here and like you're not going to have the symptoms anymore. Ulcers, TMG, t- TMJ, migraines, Some of that stuff is when we carry stuff we're not meant to carry. We're only meant to carry one thing and that's the glory of His presence. Isaiah 61, 2, and 3. So when we carry things that we're not designed to carry, we malfunction. right? Right? We've been made to drink only one spirit and that's Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. You've been designed to drink that. My buddy has a diesel bus and just wasn't even thinking, he pulled into a filling station, he put gasoline in it. You don't put gas in a diesel, it doesn't work. It's not designed to function with gas, but diesel fuel. You've been designed, made by God, to function with Holy Spirit. You carry anything else, and you're going to malfunction. Come on, man. And that's where a lot of times, your body actually manifests symptoms. I'm not saying all sickness and, and stuff like that and chronic illnesses are, are because you're not thinking right, but a lot of them are. Amen. So you're going to find today when you say, I'm choosing today to let go. And I'm choosing today to say, I want the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16. I'm choosing today to say, I want a mind that is made new, Romans 12 verse 2, renovated. Isn't that awesome? I want a renovated mind. He can do that. He can enable you, man, to think from a kingdom perspective. There's Some of you are like, man, I I don't know, it sounds too easy. No, that's just the power of the cross. That's what Jesus can do through the function of the Holy Spirit in you. Come on, man. And when you say, I'm going to change, I'm going to repent, I'm going to turn, I'm going to start thinking from His perspective, He'll help you. Amen? Amen? Come on. Alright, so let's just, first of all, pray for our minds. Can we do that, Father, now in the name of Jesus? Come on, God, right now, just release your, your Holy Spirit across this room right now, God, and touch every mind. Come on, tell the Lord you repent, you want your mind to change. Just tell Him in your own words. Come on, I repent. Come on, I want to change my perspective. This is going to be the year that my perspective is going to change. Come on, tell the Lord. It's going to change. I'm not going to react the way I have. I'm going to respond to Him, to the voice. Come on, tell Him. I'm not going to react, God. Hey, listen. Holy Spirit just prompted me. And I I believe I heard this. There's a handful of you that need to forgive. Come on. Could you right now just say, God, I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go. I forgive that person. Come on. Maybe a parent. Come on. Maybe a person at work. Come on, right now, let, can you do that? Come on, right now. Come on. Come on, who's Jesus talking to about forgiveness? Come on, who's Jesus talking to? Come on, who's Jesus talking to about forgiveness? Right. Let it go. Come on, let it go. Let it go. Yeah, but, no, oh, wait a minute, we just got rid of the yeah buts, right? right. 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 Come on, Father, we crucify the yeah buts. Come on, right? Yeah. Come on, we crucify the yeah buts. And so what they said, what they did, yeah, it hurt us, but we're not going to be offended. We choose to say, we bless them, and we choose to say, by the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit in us, we're not going to be trapped. We're not going to be trapped. Come on, amen. We're not going to be trapped. So father, right now, we forgive. We let go. We let go of offenses. I'm going to show you something real quick. I want everyone to look up here. You know what an offense is? It's a fence. Let me say it again. An offense is a fence. And the moment you have an offense, you are now alienated from the other person. And you can walk up to them and say, man, I love you, dude. No, you don't. Because see, there's a fence. There's a blockade. You've drawn a line. You've truncated. you separated. That's what the enemy wants to do in these last days church is separate us from each other, from other churches, from other families. He wants to put a fence between us. Let's say now, 2020, this moment, no more fences. Amen? Amen. Say, so, come on, Father, tear them down. Come on. We let go. We let go. We let go. We let go. We're not going to be offended with people at work. We're not going to be offended... With, with people in our family, we're not going to be offended. Well, we come out of the holidays, and they came over and made a big stink, and then they didn't invite me, and, 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 and then, then they said this when I was there, and then they embarrassed my kids. Oh, God, we let it go. Come on. Right. We let it go. Right. 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 People only respond the way they feel about themselves, and hurt people will hurt people. And so that's why they say and do the things to us, because they need Jesus. Jesus. We have Him. And so Jesus, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we're going to become what they are not so they can become what we are. Come on, so we let it go. Yeah, amen? Come on, we let it go. We let it go. We let it go. Now, Father, now watch this. Put your hands on somebody's shoulders. Come on, watch this. Father, right now, come on. Release your healing. Come on, some of you are going to feel it right now. I mean it. Come on, release your healing. Come on, just just pray along with me. Come on, release your healing. Right now, come on, God, release your healing. Come on, migraines, gone in Jesus' name. Back pain, gone. Neck pain, come on. God, right now, TMJ, gone in Jesus' name. Stomach pain and ulcers and digestive issues, gone in Jesus' name. Right now, God, gone come on, I pray pray for for arthritis and fibromyalgia gone in Jesus name I'm praying God that we'll get out of a chair and sit down with no pain in our knees and legs God, ankle pain and and arm pain and shoulder pain and come on God, right now gone in Jesus name I say go by the name of Yahweh Rophe, the healer it's his nature to release healing through his people and by his blood God, we say in Jesus name, you are healed, walk in the Fullness and in the wholeness of Jesus Christ, walk in the strength that He gives us, Father God. I pray right now, Colossians one twenty nine, that we would all labor with the energy, the inner gale of the Lord. Fill us with divine strength, God, that we did not have in years previous. Fill us with divine strength, oh God. I pray, Father. I pray. Oh, here is one. Listen to this. There is people that can't sleep at night, so I am saying now, from this night forward, you will sleep in Jesus' name. You'll go to bed. You'll rest. You'll wake up rested, God. The anxiety and the, and, and that sense of what you felt when you'd go to bed. You, you, no more in Jesus' name. Nightmares and night terrors gone in Jesus' name. Your mind now is sanctified and you will start to have prophetic dreams and leadings through the night but you're not going to be awakened by things that are evil. Father, I say in Jesus' name we carry your presence. We carry our presence, God, your presence into our homes and into our families and into the marketplace Father, everywhere we go, into restaurants and and grocery stores and and, and Target and Walmart everywhere we go, we're going to carry your presence Jesus, come on we're going to release you come on, we're going to release you and I want to pray an impartation on you, I do, I want to pray what I prayed on Pastor Jim is that okay? I want us to have an increase of Holy Spirit say, how much Holy Spirit can we have? Well, how much do you want? Come on, John 3.34. Jesus gives the Spirit without measure. How about that? How about Luke 11, verse 13? How much more? Well, my Father give you the Spirit when you ask. How about Acts 13.52 that says, And every day they were continually filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. How about Ephesians 5.18? Come on, man, I know the Word. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled Filling, actually, is how you translate that with Holy Spirit. Man, we just keep drinking in. Isn't that awesome? I think we have more than we had yesterday. And we just steward what we're given, man, and it's going to increase. Amen? Amen? Now, I call this church blessed. Now, I call this church blessed. And I say in Jesus' name, nothing illegal can rest on this congregation. Illegal, nothing demonic, nothing oppressive. In and out of this church, these people are going to live impervious to the work of darkness. They're going to walk in the strength and the power of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Come in they're awesome. Come on. Amen.